Uh, you asked a question on, uh, on on Twitter the other day. I'm not sure my answer, actually. Still thinking uh, I, about it over the last couple of days. I still don't think I have a great answer. Yeah, I, I totally feel you on that one because I had an answer. And then my friend Steve Fear tweeted to me about what the answer should have been. And I went, oh, my God. Like, for the older crowd, that's definitely the answer. For the younger crowd, it wouldn't be the answer. But I think sometimes you have to think about the older crowd, too, when you ask a question like this. And, and watching that play yesterday or two days ago in the Cincinnati game, that was like, that was like a... The, uh, the what was going to be a touchdown, right. possibly, and, that was run back the other way for a touchdown by, right. by Cincinnati. Right. And it was a big swing play in that game, right? For sure. And yeah. so I said, what's the biggest swing play in KC sports history? And I put Wasp, Don Denkinger. And, 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 and people had a lot of comments, obviously, about what they thought was the biggest swing play in KC sports history. But my friend Steve Fear said, um, and, and I thought this was very, very good. He said, actually, it was Jan Stenerud missing the kick back in that Christmas Day game. And that kind of went to me. I went, oh, that was the end of that dynasty. And you and I have talked both on the air and off the air about that first grouping of Chiefs players that you know went to Super Bowl one and Super Bowl four and how they severely underachieved. That dynasty ended on that Christmas Day game. It was over, and they never recovered until here we sit today, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid of getting back to the championship and getting back to the big game. People think and, and wonder all the time, what if Stenerud made the kick? What if they would have won that game? What would that have done for this organization? How would it have changed history for this organization? You look at that play, Josh, that was a big swing play because that was kind of the end of everything moving forward for this organization. They became a, a franchise that wasn't any good, a franchise that was rolling through head coaches, a franchise that had no fan base, and quite possibly a franchise that was on the brink of moving until Carl Peterson came in here and saved this franchise. And so that, that missed kick, man, that was a big swing play in Kansas City sports history. 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WGF HD2 Liberty and Odyssey Station. Um, I know I know Steve didn't like the uh Don Denkinger, but I, I didn't either. I, I felt like that that was a swing play. It I mean, was. they went on and pounded him the next game, but right. without that that play pretty pretty good swing. But that was also late in the game. You had other opportunities to score runs and, you know, Jack Clark didn't play so hot in that game. I feel like the the Wasp, for sure. Yeah, huge. What about the play to Sammy Watkins, too, down the sidelines on the other side of the field late in that game? That was a big they play, too. They needed something to jumpstart and flip it. He beat Richard uh, Sherman. One of those. Yeah. Uh, the Gordon home run. Big one. Is a is a big one for me. Like, that got us saying, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> there was, like, yeah, a really yeah, yeah. we can do this moment. Yep. Like, this can happen. We're here. We're on the biggest stage. This is going to this is going to going to happen, right? Would be a would be a good one for me. Yeah, I don't have a true definitive one. I mean, clearly that was I mean that was a not only game changer but game winner mm -hmm. the other day. Yeah, like wow, did you ever have one that was clearly that? Right. Um. So I guess those would be my probably my three. Yeah, I mean those those are some pretty big ones. I mean, what about Esky's leadoff home run? I mean, how big a swing play was that to kind of set the table? What about, you know, uh Correa's gone from hero to goat. I mean, Definitely that, swing that, play, that, yeah. that's a huge yeah. swing play. Thought we were out of it you know, done. as well. Finito. We thought this whole thing is is over. So, and a lot of people, which I was surprised about, the surprise that anybody suggested Dan Sorensen making the play against the Browns, you know? Yeah, because of how it ended, nobody wants to give that credit. Right. But yeah. Right. No, if 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 
they were they were a scotch away from not continuing in the postseason, right? Right. Wow. Thirteen seconds is a big swing play. Now it didn't really lead to anything. You know, we didn't take care of business the next weekend. A swing play is one that really changes the landscape of everything going forward. That's why I think that that Christmas Day game and the Stenerud miss kick is so big on that list. But that doesn't really resonate to those of us that are you know younger today because we weren't around back in 1971 when that happened. But that was a big, big moment in Kansas City Chiefs history. And now sip to the belt, end of the plate. Breaking ball, ground ball up the middle. Correa, he misplayed it! The ball goes into center field! Two-run score, and this game is tied! And Carlos Correa, in the blink of an eye, goes from hero to goat. Yeah, hard to cancel that one out. It's one of his favorite calls of all time. Yeah, it really is, yeah. You thought it was over. There was a chance it was, oh, (laughs) we're still in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That one right there. You can weigh in at 913-586-7610. I mean, and then there's Salvi's hit in the wild card game, too. That was a huge swing Mm -hmm. play. I mean, without that, who knows what happens and what we're talking about with this franchise. If they don't win that game, you probably have to fire Ned Yost after that game. We argue forever if that counted as being in the playoffs or not. Yeah, exactly. And the next season doesn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah. The next season doesn't happen. Correct. Right. Yeah. Because let alone, yeah. let alone the rest of that playoff run. Right. The next yeah. season. Does I, not I don't happen. believe the next season happens either no. without getting no. there. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't believe that happens at all. Swing play hiring Andy. That's a good one. <laughs> it's yeah. not a play, yeah. but that's, that's a moment. That's a swing. Yeah. 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 I think there's. I think there's been three important hires in the history of our. Four important hires in the history of our franchises here that can't be beat. The, the four biggest and best and most important hires in franchise history in Kansas City sports: Carl Peterson. Dayton Moore, Andy Reid, and uh, Peter Vermees. I think those are the four most important hires that this franch- that this city has ever seen in professional sports. And I-, I know we're not doing a Mount Rushmore of hires or anything like that, but when you look at those four gentlemen and how they changed franchises and won championships and put teams in position to win championships. I know Carl never won a championship, but without him, I still firmly believe the Chiefs are not here in Kansas City because they were drawing 10,000 people a game and nobody cared about him. Carl came in and changed the entire narrative. Dayton won a world championship. Peter Vermees has been one of the best soccer coaches ever, and Andy Reid has won a Super Bowl. I think those are the four most important hires in Kansas City sports history. Someone got real specific, which I love. The great swing play was helicopters following Andy Reid's caravan all the way from the airport to Arrowhead. That's true, yeah. <laughs> we were all watching yeah. that. Uh, Clark Hunt's three-point turn. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, Where yeah. he did the turn around. Like Clark can't parallel park. Well, he was turning around. There wasn't quite the space. He three-point turned it in front of the stadium. Yep. Oh, yeah. We all remember that. That was glorious. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. That was indeed fantastic. 913 Seven six ten. Um, article up yesterday at uh, at uh, MLB.com, written about the Royals or Royals.com as well, by uh, Andy Rogers who covers the uh, the Royals for MLB.com. Had three predictions for twenty twenty three. See if you're locked in on these. The Royals will sign at least one of their talented young players to a long term deal. And names four. Here's four they could give long-term contract offers to. Bobby Witt, MJ Melendez, 
Vinny, and Bree Singer. Could happen. It's a good prediction, though, that the Chiefs lock up one of their youngsters to, I guess, give a semblance of a core. Mm -hmm. Here's who we're building around. Definitively make that statement. Would be interesting. Two, uh, Bobby Witt will become an elite shortstop. I think I want him to be, although we keep maybe keep the price down if he was a third baseman. I don't know. But I want him to be the shortstop. Mm-hmm. You want him to be the, the leader. Uh, the rotation's breakout star will be dot, dot, dot. And she said Daniel Lynch. Again, who I want it to be. I would like the next guy to be Daniel Lynch. With the left. Um, so those are three predictions for the 2023 season. I will ask the question here. Why do they need to give a long-term contract offer to any of those players? I'm going to live in old baseball manville here for a minute. Okay. Well, the answer is because they want to maybe, I don't know why. No offense. What have any of the four of them done yet to say, Pay them long-term. Well, here's the flip side. Pay them now when they really haven't done anything, and it's a lot cheaper than trying to get in maybe after they do something. You may not get in. When do, when do those pay off anyway? Someone's going to chase their biggest dollar. They're going to chase their biggest dollar later. You're right. I think whether or not you compensate them along the way. That is a fair point. They haven't won. Like, why would I pay any of them other than oh, other teams are paying their – so what? Mm-hmm. I – Brady Singer's had one good year. Give me another one, then we'll talk. You want to be the the, the cornerstone uh, ace? Fine. The other three haven't done anything to say pay them. Right. I know it's the baseball way and it's the cost of doing business, but don't we want to flip how baseball is doing business? Isn't that our full intention here? We don't like how baseball does business in Kansas City because it doesn't favor Kansas City. We can't do it like other teams do it. So why are we trying to do it like other teams do it here? Like, tell tell baseball, no, we don't have to pay uh, players early. Bobby Witt Jr.'s not earned anything to say, wow, you have, you, have, you have outpaced the early portion of your career. MJ Melendez, we don't even know what position he is yet. Mm-hmm. Vinny's done it. He's, he, Vinny was great. Can he replicate that? I don't know. And, and Brady's the, the only one that I would say, yeah. Bobby, what you're just playing defense on if you're giving him a contract. That you're is literally true. playing yep. defense on the future because you're afraid he's going to get away. But other than that, I don't I don't feel the need to pay anybody on the baseball side of things. They haven't accomplished anything. Right. Is that out of bounds? No, I, I, I don't think it's out of bounds, but when you say that and then they don't pay them, then they go somewhere else. Then we're mad. They go somewhere else and we should have paid them sooner. So I, I, I think it's a rock and a hard place really for an organization, you know, like the Kansas city Royals. Number one, it, it's, it's, it's an organization that isn't the Yankees. And if you do make a mistake on one of those guys and you pay big money, you can't overcompensate you can't, for that. You can't get out of you, you're screwed. You're, you, you just are. That's just the way the market is. The Yankees can write another check. The Royals really can't do that. So you have to know that if you're going to pay a guy and, and really give a guy a, a big time contract 
it's got to be somebody that you know is going to continue to go out there and earn that money and continue to fight every single day and not get fat and lazy like a lot of guys do. It's human nature, right? So you got to make sure you're paying the right guys. And you also have to make sure that when you do pay these guys that they are going to live up to whatever contract it is that you give them. Again, you can't get out of these contracts in baseball, and the Royals can't afford to make a mistake. So they have to be be 100% sure. I've got a feeling that yet last year was the beginning of greatness for Brady Singer. I think he's going to be really really, really good. I think the the thing that woke Brady Singer up was going back down to the minors. I, I, from what I understand, he was not a happy camper about being sent down to the minors, went down there and said, all right, I want to be at the big league level. What do I need to do? And he figured it out at the big league level or at the minor leagues and then took it up to the big leagues. And, and, and I think right now Brady Singer's got a grasp of pitching that he's never had before and he's moving in the right direction and and the new pitching coaches are going to help him as opposed to maybe hindering him like maybe some of the older folks were around the organization that are no longer here. I think Brady Singer is going to be in the conversation for a Cy Young Award this year. I think that's how good he's going to be. Okay, and then he would command money then. That's the guy (laughs) that I would pay, though, of of, of like all of these guys. If, If I had to rank the guys, Brady Singer's one. I would put Bobby Witt at number two just because he has the potential to be that superstar and he's friends with Mahomes. I'm not paying Vinny. I'm not paying MJ Melendez right now. Quite honestly, I may be using those guys as his trade bait right now, okay? The, and I can't remember the kid's name that the Royals have in the minor leagues right now as a young catcher that, from what I understand, they absolutely love and they see great upside from him. We've got 85 dudes that are kind of like Vinny Pasquantino at first base. We've got Nick Prado. We've got Pasquantino. We still have Dozier. Like that, that's a glut right there. you got to trade something good to get something good in return. Vinny may be a good trade piece for you to have a, a, as you move forward with all this especially with his personality, like people are going to like a guy like that. And if you can get something good back in return, you may have to make those moves. I think the Royals are probably going to have to make some, some hard moves, but in a, in a utopic society, I know we don't live there. I'd love those four guys to be that core four, like the Yankees had Jeter, Jorge, Mariana Rivera, and uh, Bernie Williams, right? I'd love to have those guys as our core four, but I know it's not realistic here in Kansas. If you were closer to winning too, I would say, okay, pay them. You give them a little incentive to play. To play better, right. I think I think it benefited probably Moose and Haas to to pay them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, at the tail end, if you're worried about well, what's it going to be at the tail end? Nothing. It's going to be nothing at the tail end. What did Hosmer right. do? Left. When he got the money, yeah, of course they're always going like, to take the bag. You know what I mean? I don't like, blame guys. I don't for that. think I don't think paying along the way helps grease the wheels to getting them the next. I, I, I don't uh, think uh, it does at all. Unless you're going to be bold and you're going to go out there and say, we're giving you a 10 year contract, deal. but then that's it, the only but then way to work. But, but then again, that's, it, that's it, tough at, at Bobby Witt at 22 years old, a 10 year contract takes him to his 32. And then you can bounce out of that. It's not like you're signing a 32 year old to a 10 year contract, is, 10 years, right? 10 years. Still, it it I mean, is, but, but that's the only way that this makes sense. Like buying out a year of arbitration, I don't think is anything that's going to help grease the wheels to keep these guys here. I mean, I, I just, I, and I don't know that but it's a long term deal. Would. If you're closer to winning, I could say go for it. I don't need it now. We know you're in. You're, we know you're still building. I don't think yeah. you. Uh, let's see. Give give them another year and see where they're at, and then worry about it then. I, I wouldn't pay any of them right now. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. But if you're looking like if you got money burning a, a hole in your pocket right now, and Brady Singer, nobody. But but <laughs> but but Brady Singer is is the guy, and he's the only guy that I would consider signing 
to a long-term lucrative deal right now. I still need to see more out of Bobby Witt. I do. I do. I do. And if he has a great year this year and you want to talk about an eight to 10 year deal with Bobby Witt to lock him up in Kansas city. So we're not talking about this. I'd be in on that, but what's the incentive to Bobby Witt? Why should he sign a, a, a contract at 22? He could play really, really well and then have a contract three times the size, you know, in the next four years or whatever it is. It's not just me that wants you off my lawn. Al Michaels wants you off his lawn as well. Next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster is patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Hear from Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes, Tuesday at 8.30 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Centric. Learn more at centric.com slash 610. Before you start the freak out this morning, James Earl Jones is trending today. It's his birthday, 92 years old. Arguably the greatest voice of all time, right? Him and Morgan Freeman have the two best voices. You need something narrated, those are your guys. Those are the pipes that you go Mm, to. So good. So happy 92nd birthday to James Earl Jones. No movie he was in. Yes, I do. I just found out that uh, he was in Field of Dreams. (laughs) Did he say, (laughs) I am your father? Something pretty close to that. Yeah. 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 You know, he said, actually, he goes, hey, Ray. Baseball, Ray. Baseball. He said, Ray, there is your father. You know, I may watch it just because of that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. On a slow day. Sunday afternoon. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if you actually, if you don't want to be on a duck out of a, a uh, NFL playoff game, there's a good chance it'll be on MLB Network. Oh, MLB Network. <laughs> I, I, I've been telling Josh all along that when MLB Network mails it in, they, they show really Ken do. Burns baseball. Yep. Last night, I flipped on the, the on-screen guide for one of the final times with my direct TV till I cancel it after football season. And and I saw the on-screen guide, MLB Network, yep, right 7 there. o'clock, Boom. right when the football game starts, Ken Burns baseball, one of the slowest, most boring, ugh, programs you could roll out there. That's what MLB goes with. I don't blame them, though, man. Who, who's competing with the NFL on a playoff game on a Monday night or a Sunday? Roll out Ken Burns baseball. It's eight hours long. You don't have to put a commercial in. Yeah. Uh, speaking of boring, Al Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> Way to hit the nail on the coffin right there. We discussed this a little bit yesterday. Al Michaels was taking some criticism over the weekend for being uh, boring. And uh, I feel like Al has had a definite change in sound this year. He doesn't sound, doesn't sound like he wanted to be at Amazon. Almost like. Almost like Brady playing quarterback this year. I just had the same feeling that I saw when I saw Tom Brady. He was like, does he really want to be He's here? He's just doing it and doesn't does really want really to do be here. Yeah. I, I felt like Al was that way. And then he and Dungey on the, uh, what was a great game, Jags and Chargers, didn't have a lot of juice. Meanwhile, Jacksonville can set their sights likely on Kansas City. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. 
Unbelievable. Uh, that, that is unbelievable. So that was the call of the game winner. There was a flag on the field, but he could have been excited about And that was just an example of, I just thought he was kind of a down broadcast for him. Uh, yeah, I know everybody's criticizing Al Michaels, and, and he fired back yesterday. He uh, called it all internet compost, which is great. <laughs> which is the, that, how old man is that, yes, right? Yeah, it's, it's internet. Uh, the, the book face wasn't nice to me. You used to be able oh. to get a Hershey for a nickel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a little. So he, he tells Andrew Marchand in the New York Post, uh, a lot of folks who understand this industry are annoyed with the over-the-top yelling that makes a game sound like an offshoot of talk radio. I'm in that corner, but there are others who obviously think otherwise. Well, see, here, here's how I view all this. I, I hate when these play-by-play guys look at talk radio as something that is that is bad and negative. Bro, you're, you're missing the boat when you do something like that. I think it's ridiculous, and, and I'm an Al Michaels defender. I'm also a defender of the TV broadcaster. I think some of Joe, why Joe Buck, to me, is the best on television is because he allows the pictures to tell the story, and, and you're on television. We've got eyes. We can see what's going on. I don't think you need to be over the top on television. I think Gus Johnson plays better on radio, quite honestly, because of that over the top. I can't see this. I want to react and hear what my eyes, which is the radio, is telling me at that point in time. I think radio should be over the top. That's why I think Mitch and Dana and you guys are great on Sunday afternoons. There's energy. It's exciting. It's fun to listen to. That's what a radio broadcast needs to sound like. A TV broadcast has the pictures. And I've always, and I've said this for years about Joe Buck, what I like best about him is, is that he lets the pictures and the crowd tell the story. Some of his biggest calls, the David Tyree catch, he goes, Manning, Tyree, caught! And just kind of let the, the pictures tell the words and hear the crowd. And, you know, he's had some big home run calls. There was one for David Freeze where he stole his dad's line. We'll see you tomorrow night. And let the crowd handle the whole thing. I think that's okay to do on TV. I don't think you have to be a screaming gas bag on TV. Radio is a different story because you're there and you want to hear the emotion, right? You want to hear the excitement. You want to hear the radio's swish! Radio's built for screaming gas bags. Yeah, it is. Yes, yes it, it is. I think there's a fine line, though, and I think there is a there is an ability to sound engaged, and I just don't feel like Al Michaels has sounded engaged for most of this year. And I don't think he sounded very engaged. Now that was a hell of a comeback. That was a hell of a story. Now you don't think I hope the radio guys were losing their minds. Well, they did. Yeah. We heard the Jags guy did. Yeah. And that's fine. And, and I think that the, I, I don't expect Al to sound like the, um, you know, the, the Jags announcer screaming and, and yelling about the, uh, the field goal win. Patterson's you know? kick is up. The field goal is good. 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 The Jaguars have won it. The Jaguars have won it. They have come back from 27-0 to win the game. He doesn't have to go that far. Somewhere, you know, in between. Kick is up. Kick is good. The Chargers are out of the playoffs. So somewhere in between those two. Yeah, I know. Would have been nice. That was the Chargers radio network. Then the Chargers are out. Yeah. <laughs> Which Somebody says, what about Madden or Vital? They they were not play-by-play guys. They're color analysts. Their job is to be over yeah, the top. I Tony Junji sucks, though. I, I think, mean, enough with rolling that guy out. And there. I think Gus can can go over the top a little too much. Like, it's a, yeah. a seven-yard play. You know, like, I don't, need, I don't need that all the time. But I, I think... 
I don't know. It wasn't that. It's just this season has not been Al's fastball. Mm-hmm. That's all. And that's fine. He's also seventy-eight yeah. years old. I just feel There's like no he, question. He's older. You he know? decided he was going to do this, and I don't know that he had much fun. Yeah, like I, Brady, Brady with the Brady with the Bucks is the best example I get. Did anybody think he looked like he was having fun? No, not at all. I don't know that Al's having fun. Either. No, no. And, and baseball, like I need a home run call to be exciting. I, that's why I love John Sterling so much, is because his home run calls are so goofy and ridiculous, but they make your fans excited about that. You know, I mean, you, you hit a home run. It is it is far. It is gone. An A bomb from A Rod. Like that's fun. That's entertaining, and that's what you have to be on radio. You can let the crowd tell the story after you make that big call. You still have to hit that big call. You still have to nail that big call. You still have to feel how your fans are feeling when you're watching the game because that's who you're talking to. I just think on TV at times, I think it's okay to be a little more subdued and to let the pictures in the crowd tell the story. And I, I and I know you disagree with me on this one. I thought he was weighed down by Tony Dungy. And you said he's been kind of weighed down all year when he had the most exciting guy in the booth with him. And it's hard to disagree. Kirby couldn't have been more excited I, to have that job. And I feel like Al's like, man, whatever. Yeah. I bet I've been in the seat for forever. But I, I, I think I think Tony Aboard. Dungy brought him down so much. Tony Dungy has the energy of nothing. Yes. And you can't argue that. Tony Dungy has zero energy. And when you're sitting next to somebody who has zero energy, you kind of pick up the vibe from him. I do like internet compost, though. So if we can all use yeah, that. Yeah, internet compost is, is good. Is, yeah. is pretty doggone good. My name is d Looking to pass the football, throws in the middle, passes cut, touchdown Kansas City, touchdown Chiefs, touchdown Chiefs, David Hughes, touched the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers, halfback pass, Marcus Allen right side, touchdown Kansas City, David Hughes from Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news and views. From Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Dana Hughes. The so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season. And we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him. D-Nice. You can call him D-Nice. Dana Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. See, those are Chiefs calls right and there. Jags coming up 3.30 on Saturday. Mitch Holtis, Dana Hughes, and myself on 106.5 The Wolf. D-Nice, good morning. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Good morning, good morning, good divisional round week morning. Uh, that's a tongue twister right there. You just made that uh, up, yeah. too, yeah. What did you? Know, what, 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 what what did you think about sitting back, feet up, climate controlled couch, food, enjoying all those games while everybody else had to play? We had the week off, man. How beneficial was that for not just you but for everybody? It was really cool. I mean, I literally did pretty much nothing. I, I was telling B Dub that I went to see my grandson play basketball, and my wife and I sat literally in front of the couch, watched both games Saturday. Then Sunday, went to church and watched all three games. Pretty much didn't even get up from the seat. Uh, so, yeah, it was a relaxing weekend, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm excited. I, I like how you guys were talking you know, about the, um, the play-by-play and the color analysts, and I think the listeners can vibe with that. And I know for us, and Josh, you know this as well as I do, I've said it, so many times Mitch has so much energy. Mm-hmm. I think it's really a treat for, you know, not, uh, I'd love to tell people, put your TV on mute and listen to us on one Oh six, five, 
because I think it's a really cool compliment uh, because Mitch, like, I feel like I need to have a Red Bull with a five-hour chaser just to keep <laughs> up with Mitch. Yeah. But it's genuine. I mean, like, it's really genuine that he has that energy and he comes from that zone. And then, but we both can't be that. Like, we'd be like two screaming maniacs tearing up the computers and everything else in the booth. So I have to kind of be the straight guy and keep it a little bit lower and a little bit even keeled. So I think we compliment, and, and I think it really attributes to a good broadcast when you have that compliment relationship where Josh jo- joins in, he's got some, you know, quick barbs and some funny, funny stuff, and then Mitch has all the knowledge, and then I can kind of paint the color for the broadcast. So, yeah, you got to have that compliment. You just can't have two screaming people there. So he just called you the jester of the broadcaster <laughs> there. Make hey, us laugh, Josh. Uh, hey, if I can do that, that's great. Hey. Because, you know, if they're coming to me for just injuries, I'm like the bad news guy. I mean, who wants, you know? Yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. You got to keep some yeah. levity, too. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, Oregon on Josh. Someone else has lost a limb. I mean, yeah. no one wants to see that. <laughs> you know? What's going yeah. on down there, yeah. Josh? Josh tells bear, a joke back bear, at the bench. Bear of bad news, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to mix it up, yeah. Uh-oh. Is are you it, there? Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep, I'm here. I'm right. here. Yep. Right. Well, we just heard a weird Absolutely. noise kind of kind of breakthrough. So so here here's my thinking this week, and it, it kind of scares me a little bit because I don't think I've ever really seen Andy Reid go out there and just embarrass somebody on the field. But I think that's what has to happen. We we've seen this team in, in Kansas City with Andy Reid blow a 28 point playoff lead and an 18 point playoff lead. We saw the Jags come back from 27 nothing over the weekend and win a playoff game that nobody thought they were going they to win, being be down 27 nothing. I think this is the week where Andy Reid needs to go out there and just score point after point after point after point after point and not let up until zeros are on the clock. I don't think you can back off at all now in the postseason. Well, you definitely can. I mean, the way the rules are, the the high-octane offenses that we see in this league and the ability of other teams to put points up, you cannot let off the gas pedal. And I've always said it, and uh, it reigns true, and I believe it happened with Brandon Staley and with the Chargers. There comes a time in every game, in pretty much every sport, where you are in a position to go for the win or try not to lose. And I thought that the Chargers got to a point, probably in early third quarter, where they went in, let's preserve this win, and let's not try to keep winning. And, and try not to lose this game. And I think that's been a problem uh, for a lot of coaches. But I think when you have somebody like Andy Reid, even though we had that experience with the Colts several years ago, like I think that with Patrick Mahomes, with this offense, we've learned how to continue to press and with our defense. And Josh and I and Mitch were on last night at High V, and we talked about how this defense is no longer just like you got a, a a chain around them and you're just dragging them along, hoping that they're just serviceable. Like they're making plays. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what works well for us. But we got to make sure that we don't get into that mindset of fourth quarter, we're up by two, maybe three scores, and we're just going to try to preserve the win because now we've seen the Jaguars, they'll push their foot on the gas pedal and make it a game. Well, the Chiefs did that last year against Cincinnati, Dana. I mean, up 18, 18 yeah. points, and and they kind of throttled things back. And Andy does that a lot, whether he doesn't want to embarrass the other team or whatever it is. I think we're in the season of embarrassment right now, and you have to embarrass everybody over the next three weeks. 
Oh, absolutely. I am of that school of thought where it's all about, you know, there is like, this is not Pop Warner. Like, it's okay to embarrass another team in the NFL. It's okay to, to run trick plays. It's okay to run the Arctic globe of death and, and all that. Like, like everybody's getting paid. It's a, it's a professional's game, and you got to go out there and stop it. And if you don't like what we're doing, you have an option. Stop it. If you, if you can't stop it, don't complain about it. And that's the same thing with the score. So, you know, throwing the ball deep. Uh, you know, I saw yesterday the, the, the Cowboys game. Dak Prescott on that last drive drops back and tries to throw a bomb to T.Y. Hilton. Like, I'm cool with that. They're up by, they're up by multiple scores. Like, that's fine. If that's part of your offense and you want to go for a home run, go for a home run. Make a play. And if the other team doesn't like it, stop it. So, yeah, I want to see that kind of attitude this week. You know, have the blitz coming in their face. You know, let's not get into the mode of pass prevent, you know, defense. And, and you know, having them inch down the field. And now all of a sudden they're taking up a lot of time in the game and Patrick Mahomes is sitting on the sideline cold. Like, keep your foot on the gas pedal. Go after the quarterback. Get some deflections. Maybe some big plays from that. And also the physicality. Like, like I, I'm getting amped up now, and it's way too early in the week. So, but I whoa, mean, whoa, 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 whoa! Take your own advice here, Danon. Weren't you the one that told us like two weeks ago we got to calm down on Tuesdays? Well, don't throw facts in my face right now, Bob. Right? <laughs> I just love the fact you're on my side finally, and you're like, "All right, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Let's I roll." <laughs> I know. But I mean, I mean, like, I, I feel that's the part that kind of gets under my skin as a former player is that. You know, I always prided myself in, like, when we played teams back in the 90s, like, we, we were going to be more physical than them. Like, that's how – that's kind of the aura of Marty Schoenheimer football. So, when I saw – you remember the hit against Juju Smith-Schuster, the hit against MVS, and not saying that there should be retaliation, but there should be physicality met with physicality. And that's what I'm looking forward to in this game. For those guys to remember, maybe some – bone-crushing blocks in the run game from our wide receivers on the outside to, to set the tone early in this game. What do you like about the Chiefs going into the playoffs, and is there anything that gives you some pause? Um, huh. I like where our de- I like that the fact that our, our team is still ascending. Like, there are teams that are in the playoffs now that, like, you saw their peak in like week eight or week 10. And then they just kind of stayed on cruise control into the playoffs. Like we haven't seen the greatest of this team. And I think that's encouraging for the fans. Like we've played really solid football. And there were times where we played, we were a good football team that was playing good football. But I think we're a great football team that happened to be playing good football at times. And I want to see the greatness of this team. And I feel like this stage having that top seed, having a week to rest. Like, this will be the game that we'll see all of our arsenal on the field. Like, McCall Hardman, uh, Tony, like, everybody is going to be healthy and ready to go. And I think that's encouraging. So, I'm looking forward to that. And defense, like Chris Jones, we need postseason sacks. We don't need the last 10 weeks of Chris Jones. I mean, we need to see that same as last 10 weeks of Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Um and we need turnovers. Like, I'd like to see McDuffie get his first interception in the postseason. I'd like to see Karloftis stay on track with the deflections, he and Dunlap, and flipping the field because of that. 
You know what I mean? And, and I'd like to see, like, we're doing something to keep the fans engaged because, as you guys know, there's a lot of anxiety in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw that all weekend where you can sit in your seat, it's 40 degrees, and you're, like, anxious because maybe things aren't moving as quickly or things aren't happening, and you find yourself kind of in a lax mode. I want to see this. I want to see everybody exhausted on Saturday at Arrowhead Stadium because we're just continuing to throw punch after punch after punch. I totally agree with you. I love your thinking. From the text line, Dane, and from the 913, we play Saturday, so today is really a Wednesday. So, Dane, and you're fine getting all amped up for this. So, congratulations to the text line. They are right. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Dana, you enjoy the uh, the last couple of days of leading up to this one. If you can control yourself, uh, you know, maybe you take some melatonin at night so you can get some sleep. You don't want to be uh, you know, running on fumes when Saturday gets here, my friend. I'm ready to go, man. Let's get it. Let's do this thing. Dana Hughes, uh, Chiefs color analyst with us here on 610 Sports Radio. Him and Mitch and Josh must listen to on the games. They do an amazing job. Tune in 106.5 The Wolf. You'll get the excitement from Mitch, the steady eddiness of Dana, and the comedic humorings of Josh Klingler. (laughs) I don't think it's ever been said before. I like the Saturday first game, too. I love it. It's great. Like, you don't have to. I mean, it was was hard enough, probably for the Chiefs as well, to kind of like sit and watch yeah, to a sure, certain extent. Yeah. You're like, you're like trying or, to gauge they your, were just, you know, enjoying life, trying to gauge your adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And then now you don't have to wait till like Sunday, late Sunday or yeah, something. Waiting like, through the Saturday games. You're out of the, you're out of the shoot on Saturday. I let's love go. It. Let's I go. Love let's it. go. Let's, let's show what the, let's show this league, what this team is all about. Go out there and slap these guys and go out there and embarrass the Jags. A hall of famer goes back in my day against Patrick Mahomes. We'll get to that next. Fesco in the morning. <laughs> Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. Our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Metro Ford. View inventory online at MetroFordKC.com. He's not exactly Goose Gossage, but maybe. Well, I don't know that. No, 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 no. Can he can he become the football goose? Well, he doesn't really watch football all yeah, that much, a, but that, that does, would be a problem. Does have a well, Goose? I don't think watches baseball yeah. much anymore. Yeah. Did you see Keith Hernandez last week doing an interview? Said when he's done doing Met games, he's never going to watch baseball again. Yeah, yeah. That baseball's <laughs> going to be thrilled with that, right? <laughs> Here's one of your prominent announcers for one of your marquee teams saying, hey, when I'm done doing this job, I ain't ever watching this again. Yeah, but I, I do like a little back in my day guy. I do. I do. Yeah, it is. It is. It is good. Every once in a while. So we, we hold up Goose Gossage as the one in baseball, but he's just a bitter old man, which is which is great, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's still back in my day. Uh, so could Lawrence Taylor enter that realm? I don't know. I don't know. I think he, I think Lawrence Taylor, though, is still like having fun. I don't think Goose Gossage is enjoying that. Yes, that may be true. I firmly believe he thinks he could do this. Like today's Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't bet against him. Yeah. So I really wouldn't. LT discusses defending Patrick Mahomes. So I know you don't watch football, but when you're sitting there watching him running around and watching Mahomes get all open every time, are you like, are you sitting there? You're using that defense. Yes, absolutely. I wish I was playing against that. 
I could listen. I would. I mean, there were certain things that would we would do. We put a spy in there that is going to uh, watch him everywhere he goes. Is going to going around with him. You cannot allow. You cannot allow him to take an eight to ten foot, uh, ten uh, yard drop, and and stand back there all day. Where's the outside rushers? Come on, guys. Somebody got to. I, I don't know. It's maybe just me thinking. I'm like, hey, we wouldn't have done it back in the day like that. But um, I guess I don't know. Hey, uh, Mahomes, he can make everybody uh, yep. different about football. Yeah, and you guys would have hit the that Kelsey off the line. No chance he's running eight yards. But back in those days, you could. You could beat a person up at the line. You know what? Hey, we. You can't beat him now. You can't touch him. But let's say hey, we. We'd be out somebody at the line. That's what we do. You could still do that to a certain extent. I've seen teams try to chuck uh, Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. You know, the Raiders, for one, committed a lot of resources to doing that. Could you imagine, though, LT lining up out wide, hitting him a couple times before he went? He went out for a pass. That would not be fun. When was the last time you saw a defensive player come screaming around the edge like DT or LT used to do back in the day? And you don't see that anymore. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. They used to call it like the hawk position, I think. And they would line up standing up, whether it's DT or LT, and they're lined up on on, on the on the line of scrimmage right there. They're in that stand-up position. They're looking down the line, and you know they are coming screaming around the edge. You don't see that much anymore in the NFL. I miss those days. I also miss the days where you could hit the quarterback and not get you know a 15-yard penalty. Watch Carl Cheffers this weekend call a bad penalty on the Bengals that moves the drive along for the Buffalo Bills and enables them to win to get to Atlanta for the neutral site game that the NFL wants to see. Oh, wait, that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you don't see like Lawrence Taylor come screaming around the edge anymore. I would love to have seen the greatest defensive player all time versus what is trending to be the greatest quarterback of all time and Patrick Mahomes go one-on-one. Like Lawrence Taylor in his prime versus Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Oh, my God. The, the gamesmanship and the competitive nature that would come out of both of those guys, two of the most competitive people that have ever played this game. My God, I would love, love, love to see it. I wouldn't put it past Lawrence Taylor wanting to get out there in his 60s right now and come screaming <laughs> around the edge. I, I've seen that guy play. Josh, he didn't show up to training camp. They don't know where he is. He shows up to the first game of the year, has four sacks. I mean, like, that guy was an unbelievable, greatest football player I've ever seen play, greatest defensive player that has ever played this game. He was just so unbelievably awesome. I wish we had defensive players like him, but I'd love to see him line up right now and see if he could get after Patrick Mahomes because he'd give it a try. If you tempted him, he'd probably give it a try. I do like that he can acknowledge the rules are different. Yeah. Because a big part of playing as physical as they could, you can't, you can't do anymore. Right. Um, certainly, they can't you know land on a quarterback anymore. And no. those those types of things either really uh, really knock the snot out of quarterback like you could before. So some of his game would not translate in that regard, but uh, the intensity would be would be fun to watch. Wasn't the game better when you could hit the quarterback? Yeah, but I don't. I argue, understand why they I don't do it. argue with uh, those are the money makers, right? No question. Those are why we tune in, right? And no offense to you know the uh, the Brock Purdy's of the world who've been great stories mm-hmm. and and what have you, but it took a few weeks before people latched onto Brock Purdy. That's I'm exactly you know what right. I mean. Like yeah. you don't want to necessarily see the third string quarterback. Um, you just did, and 
you know, and he actually did play well. But so. but what's going to happen if he ends up getting all the way to the, let's say, to the Super Bowl? Let's say the 49ers do win the NFC. They're not. The Giants are. But let's say the 49ers win the NFC. What are the 49ers going to do with their quarterback position next year? You can't give that thing back to Trey Lance. No, he's. I no. didn't think he was any good anyway, but he's, that's just me. Right, Purdy's your guy. He's yeah. You got to ride with Purdy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a pur- pretty good guy to ride with, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, would be the answer to that one. They they would make a pretty big mistake if they decided to go away from him and give it back to Trey Lance, wouldn't they? I don't think Kyle Shanahan would be sitting pretty if they did that. Mm. Pretty sure you're out of out of him now. Mm. Pretty pretty sure it's the perfect time to move on. Uh, speaking of guys screaming around the edge and maybe being held. <laughs> to, I haven't seen a fine yet. It's got to be coming, though, right? It has to be. But you know what? This happened on Saturday night, and the video didn't get out to like, yesterday. But, but So nobody's paying attention to this But team. Joey Bosa is welcoming a fine, actually, this go-round. Yeah. He's pretty much like, I've had enough. I would also I'm tell Joey Bosa, don't blow a 27-point lead. Bro. That would be that would be part of it. But uh, the, uh, the Charger defensive end went off on the refs. I need to be more accountable for my actions, obviously. But it's... Uh, it's a heated game, and I'm hurting out there. I'm playing on half a leg. Um, I'm getting dragged to the ground, whatever. Could hurt me, along with screwing our team. And, yeah, um, maybe some of them weren't as blatant as I thought, but um, I don't know. It's. Uh, I think there just needs to be more accountability on uh, I mean, if I say something to them, I get a $40,000 fine. But if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season, they get to, they're probably back in the locker room after the game. Like, oh, I got that. Oh, yeah, got him. 15 yards, what a loser. I guarantee it. That's what they're talking like in the back. Um, whatever, power trip. Um, I'm sick of those people, and I'm going to just about my third F-bomb so far. Sorry, but, man. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're up 27 nothing, sir. The refs never should have been a factor in yeah, that game. Yeah. Don't go out there and poop your pants and pee down your leg. Don't go out there and charge her. You're up 27 nothing. You can't be blaming the referees. Seems you're worried about the wrong things at this particular moment. Right. You might have a beef. Yeah. A lot of defensive ends might have beef. Sure. But right? you're up 27 nothing. The fact, the fact is you should be worried more about blowing that game. Yeah, that that's what it should be about. You had a pretty big lead in that thing, and that's a pretty big lead to no, blow. No, it doesn't. Mm. Joey, you're up 27-0. Yeah. So I said, whoa, oh, yeah. let's win this game. Let's go win the game. Yeah, you're up 27 nothing. It's not the referee's fault. Now, look, if it was Carl Cheffers, we'd have a conversation. We would. We would absolutely have a conversation about this. But I would bring it back in and say, you were up 27 nothing. You blew a 27 nothing lead, right, with 35 minutes to go, right? When they get their first score at like five minutes to go, it was like 27-7 going into the locker room. So, so you're up 20 points going into halftime, and you lost the game. It's not the referee's fault. That's your fault. That's your coach's fault. That's your player's fault. You take the refs out of it. When it's 27 to nothing, man, the refs are no longer a factor in this game.
you blew a 27 point lead, bro. And you're going to sit like, and I promise you the referees are not sitting back in the back room. Thinking about they screwed you. 15 no, yards. No, they're talking about so. where are we going for dinner? What time's our flight? Where are you next week? Best of luck. Give is your wife a kiss for me and I'll see you later. Is the league happy with us? Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of that, we're I mean, pitching. You had, you had four, three interceptions by one gentleman in the first quarter and lost the football game. And you're blaming the refs. That's rich. We're pitching scripts to the NFL in case they need some help. Next. There's no foul on the play for blocking the back. Timeout.